I, I was one of those guys that kept to myself. I didn't care what anybody was doing or anybody, okay, this guy has this tire on. I did what I felt best for myself, and uh, I think – I think that's what uh, helped me, really. You know, a lot of guys are monkey see, monkey do, and I was totally opposite. Episode 23, Tank Slapping Podcast. Back at it, co-hosting alongside national number 11A, Sammy Saavedra. What's up, man? I lost the uh, sneaky Sam. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we got to mix it up every show. I, I try and give a new opener every show somewhat, just so it's not same uh, same old shit. But <laughs> Yeah, got to keep people on their toes, man. Got to keep them on their toes. Yep, so we got episode 23. Kenny Coolbeth is our guest tonight. I am amped up to talk to my dude, Kenny Cools. It's going to be a good show. For sure, man, for sure. Yeah, there's some stuff going on with the uh, flat track world. We're we're going racing next weekend, so um, this actually might be the last. We just talked about it before we came on the show, but I think it's the last show probably before the revised season opener doubleheader next weekend in Volusia. So we'll talk about that later on the show um, in our closing segment. But some news I wanted to talk about now before we bring on our, our first guest is – American Flat Track announced they are bringing a medical team on board for this season. Dr. Ray Rossi, an FIM certified doctor with decades of experience in motorcycle racing, and they're going to provide a group of highly trained specialized physicians to serve as a rapid response team. So I think that's pretty cool. I didn't get all the details on that. I don't know much about uh, Dr. Rossi, but um, they say he's you know FIM certified, so I'm sure he's worked, I guess, probably overseas, maybe World Superbike or MotoGP. We'll have to get some more info on that, but that's awesome. I'm I'm really glad to see that Supercross. You know, they have the Asterix Medical Crew, and you know a lot of other series have highly trained medics on hand at each race, and I think that's a huge step in the right direction. Absolutely, uh, I think that's that's man. If there's something to applaud AFT on, um, that would be it from my perspective. And I I know I'm probably a lot of people feel that same way, you know, uh, to have a, a doctor on hand. That, that's, I mean, look what it's done for MotoGP with uh, uh, Claudio Costa. And, uh, you know, he understands racing injuries and how uh, racers need to cope with with injuries versus, you know, your family doctor. So to, to have someone that's part of your own crew, you know, from the inside, that's awesome. And I think that's a huge strides for AFT. So yeah, I got to give them credit where credit's due. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, too, before we get going any further. Bell Power Sports, last season, all three champions in the AFT series wore the Bell Race Star Flex. Check out bellhelmets.com to view the full line of products. The quality and safety is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you need to be protected by Bell. Also, Jerry Stinchfield, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas. I saw they... Released today, tickets are on sale for the Dallas Roof Systems Texas Half Mile in, what is it, the Devil's Bowl, I think it is this year. So, yeah. so that's pretty cool. Um, give a shout-out to Jerry Stinchfield for helping out our show, commercialroofsystems.net. Nearly 40 years of experience with commercial and industrial roofing. Make sure you give him a call or give him a referral to anybody you know that might be in the market for an industrial roof. And then also the Western Ohio Motorsports LLC in Greenville, Ohio, are promoting amateur motorcycle racing across Ohio. 
They typically run events at half-mile tracks at local fairgrounds and are part of the Best Ohio Summer Series, the Boss Series, they call it. It's made of seven different clubs and promoters in Ohio and Indiana. Check them out on Facebook, Western Ohio Motorsports and Best Ohio Summer Series. It's a tough one, a little tongue twister. Their first event is August 2nd at the Van Wert County Fairgrounds. Gates open at 6 a.m., practice at 9, racing at 11. Check out their Facebook for all the information or hit up Len. He's the point of contact, 937-417-2137. Fair tracks, back to Ohio, man. I love it. Grew up racing uh, Circleville, Marion, all those fair tracks in Ohio. Those Ohio boys growing up always knew how to ride a cushion. So, so uh, yeah, big thanks to all, all our sponsors. They keep the show going. Um, the last thing, Sammy, I wanted to talk about before we call Cool Beth is I finally got my uh, CTR amateur team locked and loaded. Amateur nationals nice. is the is the week after um, week after Volusia, so I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's really cool. And and uh, I, I know you we touched base on that last week, and I hope to talk about it a little bit more. Like I said, you know, I think what you're doing there for the kids is really cool. But uh, another thing that I, before we call uh, our guest tonight, Kenny Coolbath, I, I know this show is sponsored by Bell Helmets, and and uh, I think it's cool uh, that you know our guest he when he started his pro career he was wearing Bell helmets, and when he finished his career he was back in Bell helmets. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I I got nothing but good things to say about Bell. And, you know, when I switched over from the other brand I wore for 15 years to a Bell, I was a little tentative, you know, just switching brands after being dialed in with a helmet for 15 years. It's kind of a comfort thing. And just the helmets fit so good. They have high safety ratings. The You can change the shield so fast, you know. And then, yeah, they really took care of Cool Beth his, uh, his final year there and um, so yeah, maybe we'll, we'll ask him about that since, uh, since Bell's a big part of our show. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows who cool Beth is, man. He's, he's a legend, three-time champion, won a singles title when they had the separate series there, just all around one of the most talented guys in the game, you know, rookie, rookie year. He had a podium at Williams Grove. I forget. Did he win a race his final year? I think he did or got second. He, he had yeah. a bunch of podiums. I know. Well, so, well, he kind of won one. Remember Atlanta, he got second, but Jared, uh, got DQ'd. So technically I think cool Beth got the win on that one. Right. If I remember. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so, was that, I guess that, I donh, know my years get mixed up. I, I feel like, yeah, but. yeah. He's kind of, dude, for a long time, he was the young guy, and now he's, he was the old guy, and now he's retired, so it's the circle of life, baby, it's just, uh, for, to me, Kenny hasn't aged, you know, he hasn't aged in over 15, 20 years, he still, still looks the same, acts the same, and he's just a bad dude, like, he's a fast, fast, you show up anywhere, don't matter who's there, what kind of track it is, Cool Beth's still one of the guys to beat. Uh, you know, I think he's 42, 43 years old. Sorry, Cools. I don't know if I was allowed to speak your age on the show, bro. But, um, yeah, let, let's give Kenny a call, Carter. Let's talk to the man himself. It's This guy's my dude right here. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Hello? Kenny Coolbeth, Corey Texter. Yes, How are you? <laughs> Sammy Saavedra. Um, podcast, bro. We're we're here. We we are calling to speak to the. Uh, I guess you don't. I heard you don't like the nickname King of Cool, but um, I don't. Calling to speak but to you. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> who started that? Do you know who even started the King of Cool? I think JB Norris. 
Okay. okay. So we can't talk too much crap about it. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. Done deal. All right. We'll move on. <laughs> Some nicknames are better than others, I guess. But yeah, there's there's so much to talk about with you, man. Um, I mean, I I'm one of your boys. We go back a long way. Uh, I kind of want to talk. I don't know a heck of a lot about your amateur days. I don't think many others on here do as well. Besides the photos we've seen, you were just a little, a little dude on a, on a big bike. You know, everyone talks about how fast you were during that era, but who did you think was fast? Like who were the guys you raced with as an amateur who you had to battle with week in and week out? Well, the, the guy that sticks to my, it sticks in my head is, uh, especially like amateur national stuff and stuff like that was Jake Zemke. He, uh, he always had such awesome equipment and, uh, just, uh, he was fast too and talented. So he sticks in my head. Um, obviously the Hayden, Hayden boys, um, all those guys, um, even Murphy, uh, Johnny Murphy. And, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, I was a little guy. They used to call me Flying Flea, and uh, yeah, I was on like Corey said. I was just uh, on a uh, big bike pretty much my whole amateur career until I uh, had a little growth spurt. Kenny, um, Yankee Flat Trackers, uh, Roger Durkee, Mike Baldwin, Aaron Kramer, Ted Frost, Kevin Clark, uh, and some guy named Kenny Colbeth. Uh, that that's New England to me. But obviously, yeah. there's there's so much more to talk about. Uh, what are some other good things you can tell us about where you came from and, and the racing, uh, you grew up with? Just like the grassroots, you know, uh, electric city, uh, Binghamton, New York, you know, even to this day, when I show up at Binghamton, New York, they're, uh, they're so accommodating and they're so, uh, so uh thankful that uh you know we still show our face and you know um i'm i'm just a normal human human being you know i just know knew how to ride a motorcycle so um and they uh they they take that as uh you know they they take it pretty serious up there you know that club is uh you know i've known those guys forever and uh it's uh it was cool growing up there. I remember going up there camping and uh just, you know, lighting off fireworks, just just being kids, you know, by the by the train tracks and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, my experience is coming up to Connecticut and New England, it was always in the winter, so it was always freezing cold and we got to ride uh they had that Mototown track, that big indoor we used to go to and ride and and then uh the Middletown New York indoors was kind of big for, for us coming up. I mean, I've known you a long time. I know my dad helped you out during your younger years as a professional. And uh, I kind of always looked up to you and stuff like that. And then we, we kind of became yeah. pals more so around like the Middletown indoor days. And talk about those, those indoors a bit. And I remember I was going to tell the one story of the one race where uh pj was leading and then i was second you were third and there was like two laps to go and pj was still like <laughs> the young guy on the circuit and i wasn't going to let pj beat me so i went into the corner and took him out with like two laps to go and then the next corner i drifted wide and uh and you took me out so yeah that, it just a lot of good times at middletown and that's kind of when you kind of took me under your wing and i got to come up and uh and spend some time with you in connecticut yeah, it definitely was good times. You know, every weekend we were there for how many weekends in a row it was crazy. Uh, you know, you get home and you feel like you drank, uh, you know, a whole 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 thing of whiskey. Be you were so hungover from the fumes. So, but 
but yeah, it was cool. You know, it was, uh, we had, we had some rivalries there and, uh, you know, it was fun that, that, that one race you were talking about. I remember it like it was yesterday and, uh, it was pretty cool. You know, you, you, uh, you knocked him down and then, uh, I knocked you down. He was typical stuff, you know, typical indoor stuff, but, uh, it was cool. It was cool. You know, it, times aren't like that these days. It's, uh, it's kind of a bummer, you know, that, uh, the roots of, you know, you know, the club racing and, and stuff like, like the indoor racing, it's not around really that much. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool to look back and, uh, and, uh, you know, check it out, like with videos and stuff. Just a real quick question. You don't have to go too deep into it, but is there any, uh, uh, race promotion in your, in your future to kind of bring that roots level back? Do you have any interest in that? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know, our house is on the market down in Florida right now. We've been pretty much swamped with uh, showings and stuff. So it looks like we'll be moving back to Connecticut here pretty quick. So, uh, yeah, I would like to, you know, try to start something up. I would love to. It it, it all takes money and uh, sponsorship stuff. I'm not going to, you know, I'll, I'll help help in any way I can. You know, I'll, I'll work my fingers raw, but, uh, you know, I, I don't want to take my own money and, um and do it. So I know a lot of good people in the industry still. And, you know, hopefully once, uh, once we figure out what we're doing and, uh, maybe, uh, maybe Corey can, uh, maybe help me out. He's pretty good on, uh, all the social media and, you know, the talking. So that's, that's, you know, and, and Corey and I actually talked about it a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, there's been some early talks of a cool bath C-Tex race in the future. So, That'd be uh, be a lot of fun, man. Uh, Yeah, keep me posted. So you're moving back to Connecticut. You brought that up. Uh, What was that decision like? And uh, I guess better get your snow shovel ready again. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's uh, it's great down here. We love it down here. Our house is awesome. But uh, my my wife, all her family is up in Connecticut, and she she's really family oriented. So it's uh, she misses her family and. I told her if she can make me a bunch of money and, you know, and we go back there. So, so she's got the house on the market and she said she's going to make me some money. So I'm all about money. I can't argue with that, but now, Hey man, you're now, now all your family's down in Florida, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are really. It's kind of funny because I don't see my family that much. You know, I talk to them day, on a daily basis, but you know, if it wasn't for the racing and uh, stuff like that, every weekend going to the races, I, I, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't see them that much. So um, yeah, it is going to suck, but uh, it's, uh, it's easy enough to, you know, drive down and uh, or fly down. So it's, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Now you, you mentioned, you know, seeing your family at the races and stuff and, um, but th- there's some other cool bets or family members that race too, right? You still have some family in Connecticut that races and then your, uh, your, your nephew Brody, he's down in Florida racing. Uh, how involved are you with their racing? Are you, are you, uh, you know, is it phone calls, uh, answering questions, helping them out, mentoring them, or do you play any role at all in their racing? Not really, no. They just do their thing, you know. Brody, Brody, you know, I talk to him and see him, quite, you know, every now and then. But uh, you know, he's uh, he's really stepping it up in the last, you know, year, and he's doing really well. Plus, uh, you know, his dad, he, his dad, Rich Hansen, he's been around flat track racing forever. Um, so, you know, he knows things and outs about it, and uh, 
you know, is uh, kind of leading him in the, in the right direction he needs to be. So it's, uh, it's good. My, my parents actually, you know, are a pretty, pretty big part of, uh, I think Brody's, um, Brody's program, you know, they go to quite a bit of his races. I think they're going to amateur nationals and stuff. So it's, um, it's cool. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully once, you know, I'm done doing what I'm doing, I get, get a chance to, you know, go watch them a little more. Yeah. I mean, you got a little guy, Liam just had a birthday not too long ago. What's, what's his racing plans looking like, man? (laughs) Yeah. 50 dad cool bet. I'd love to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it would be cool, but man, I've seen a lot, lot, a lot of stuff happen and you know, if he wants to do it, that's great. But, uh, I'm going to kind of lead him in the other direction. I would, I want him to ride, you know, like out back or, or whatever, just play ride. But, uh, you know how that is, you know, they see, see you doing what you do and, you know, if they're at the races, like he's going to be, um, it's, uh, it's going to be pretty hard to keep him keep him away from it. Yeah, no, I'm with, I'm in the same boat, bro. I get it. It's, uh, yeah. it's like, I want to, I want him to do other stuff, but I'm not really good at anything else to teach him. Like, <laughs> Like I would like to teach him how to play golf, but I suck at golf, so that's out of the picture. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. Like all I, all we do is motorcycles, so it's like, eh, going to go to the track and ride. Yeah, let's take Cruz and let him ride yep. the kids' track. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, I feel you. Um, a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about that I never really asked you, and I've spent a lot of time with you. Um, you know, at what point in your professional career, you know, you, you podiumed your first year as a professional. I think it was your rookie year at Williams Grove, or maybe it was your sophomore year or whatever. But um, at what point did you realize you were a guy who could win races or, um, to a guy who could win championships? Like, what was that transition like? Like, I know talking to you in the past, you, you were like, yeah, man, I just sucked for a while. Um, so <laughs> you just weren't where you wanted to be. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, you were a dominant guy for – a few years there where you kicked everyone's asses. So how was that transition um, with your confidence and how did you prepare yourself to just start beating a guy consistently like Chris Carr? You know, it, it's, everybody has a, a low and, you know, it's the guys that, uh, that, that guy, the guy that digs down deep and, and, you know, tries to figure everything out and uh, try to make himself better is, is the champions, I think, you know, so it's, uh, it's that and you know when i guess really i don't know man it's it took me a long long time to win to actually win a national um so i was doubting myself until then at at sciota downs when i won my first national and then uh you know from then on you know it's uh it kind of took off and you know it's just I was one of those guys that kind of, kind of kept to myself. I didn't care what anybody was doing or, you know, anybody, okay, this guy has this tire on. I did what I, what I felt best for myself. And uh, I think, I think that's what uh, helped me really, you know, a lot of guys are monkey see monkey do. And I was totally opposite. So winning, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's not easy, especially on the level that uh, you race against. So it's, it's tough. It's, it's more mentally than anything. And then surround yourself with uh, good people, you know, a good, a good program, good people. And, uh, and uh, really do your own thing, do your thing, you know, don't, uh, if they're training different and uh, who cares, who cares what they're doing, do what, do what's best for yourself. 
That's some solid advice, you know, you know, like he said, a lot of racing is monkey see, monkey do. So uh, that that's uh, words of wisdom right there for sure. Uh, you know, back when you were coming up, Kenny, there was so much. It seemed like there was so much racing, you know, uh, between hot shoes or even back in like you rode the 600 National Series. I think even did, didn't you win like one or two championships riding the 600 Nationals? I I did. I think I won two. Yep. Um, yeah, that was good. That was good back in the day. There was a lot of racing and, uh, even, I think, uh, you know, the, the super tracker deal that, uh, that we did, um, I wrote that. Um, so yeah, there was, there was a lot of, a lot of time on a motorcycle back then when, uh, when I was pretty young and, uh, a professional youngster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it seems like, I mean, obviously it was a much different era, you know, when you were coming up to what it's compared to like guys coming up now on four fifties. Um, I mean, do you, do you see that as being like, um, as a hindrance for the guys that are coming up now? So, or, you know, it's, how do you see that? Because I mean, you deal with, you race so much more by the time you were, you know, 20, 25. I mean, you had so many more laps under your belt just from the amount of racing that was around. I mean, obviously that had to do wonders for you, right? Well, yeah, definitely, definitely the experience helped me a lot, you know, because uh, when I was 13 years old, I was riding the RS750 in Canada, so it was like, that was that was huge, you know, the experience I Jeez. got to, to, to go up there, it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing, you know, Buddy Ford pretty much, uh, you know, he would pay me to go up there, and, you know, the purses were unreal, and I, I would do really well, so it was, uh, I was making quite a bit of money just, uh just to go up there and, uh, you know, the experience, uh, you know, with all the guys up there, it was, it was pretty good. Dang, man. RS750. How old are you? Yeah. I know I'm old. Don't, don't get me going. <laughs> when did you ride it? You said you were 14. I think so. Yeah. 14 years Ooh. old. My, my, we had a RS750 and, uh, yeah, wish I still had that thing. Damn, dude. That's cool. Flex on him a bit. I like it. 14. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, uh, it was because of my parents, too. You know, they uh, they took me everywhere. It didn't matter what. You know, it was, uh, they took me everywhere. We loaded up, uh, you know, uh, Thursday night, and they picked me up Friday, Friday after school, and we drove to the races, and we didn't get back until, you know, Monday morning, and they would drop us off in the RV. And uh, I think that's what uh, helped me, you know, in, in, you know, in the, in my early uh, professional year, um, years of my career, it was, it was good because I adapted to all the racetracks, not just, you know, one race specific racetrack you go to every weekend. Like some of these kids, obviously it takes money to, to travel everywhere. So it, it's kind of tough for the families, but I think that was the biggest, biggest thing for me. For, for my success actually yeah I, I think man i really do think you know as a being young as an amateur going to the different tracks like going to canada running the cushion half miles or ohio running the you know i ran indoors and bull rings and tts and running you know just traveling around and and racing different people and racing yeah. different venues i think it definitely prepares you and there's a lot of things like and it's crazy how how little it gets talked about what our parents as professionals did for us coming through the ranks. Like if it wasn't for all the, like I didn't start racing full time till like Oh four by the time 2006 came around, I turned pro 
And I would have never been ready for that if we didn't race every damn weekend. So, um, yeah, it's just, sometimes it's not, it's not talked about enough. What our, what our parents have, have done for us, uh, many of the pro riders, honestly, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just crazy. It's crazy to think about. Um, there's a lot of things that I would do now with Cruz if he raced that my dad didn't think about. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely some things you learn, learn along the way, but, um, yeah, there, you know, you raced, I, I don't, I hate to bring up your age thing again, but you, you've raced in the camel pro days to the pro- progressive yeah. insurance, the quality check pre-owned Ford days. And then, you know, obviously the current leadership and the American flat track series, but what was your favorite era as a rider? It's two part question, favorite era as a rider, what era did you have the most fun in and which one provided the most opportunity for you as a rider to make money? Oh, you know, it's, uh, that's tough. Cause, uh, you know, I think, uh, in 1994 was my rookie year. I think I missed the camel days just one year. I think they ended in 93 actually, didn't they? I think it was 92 or 93. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I missed, I missed the camel days. So it was what after that progressive, I think it was pretty much all the same to me, you know, the, the opportunities cause, uh, you know, I was, I was, you know, once I got a taste of money and, and wanted it, I, I started hustling, you know, myself to get sponsors and stuff. So never really a good era for me that, uh, that was good or bad, uh, financially. So it was, it was good my whole career, really. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, I think, uh, when I rode for Corbin, um, Dave Burks and Corbin was probably my, my funnest and best years, I think. So that if, if that's what you're asking. Well, um, Hey Kenny, as you know, the show's called tank slapping. And as much as we <laughs> love to talk about the good years and the, you know, the, this and the, that, and, and, you know, your number one years and riding for the factory Harley, it seems like, uh, most of our listeners love, uh, hearing about the worst times, <laughs> you know, like the, the shit that just goes crazy, man. And like, so I, I don't know what that is for you. Uh, you know, I know you had a pretty good <laughs> career for sure, but I know there, you know, as racers, uh, you know, we all have States we hate driving through, or we have, uh, you know, guys we won't share a room anymore with because they snore too loud <laughs> or, or we all, you know, have a stranded on the side of the road story or two, uh, <laughs> you know, just thinking back in, in your years of of traveling on the road, man, I'm oh, sure man. you got a, t- a ton. You could probably write a book, but yeah, is there, is yeah, there any yeah. that, that kind of stick out? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, me and my buddy, Jeff Lezinski, uh, Corey knows him. We, uh, Jeff helped me in, uh, in 90, 90, uh, yeah. Oh five before I got picked up by uh factory Harley. And I took care of all my bikes, drove to all the races with him. Um, did everything myself, put in 40 hours a week at a construction worker and raced every weekend. And I think I finished like fourth in the points. And, uh, you know, um, it was, it was a tough year, you know, just physically and mentally it was draining, but, uh, it, it paid off cause, uh, you know, the next year was, uh, you know, was pretty much whatever everybody dreams of is riding for a factory Harley. So 
it was uh, that that year was pretty tough to just to drive. I remember driving to Sturgis in um, Rapid City, just in that box truck. The thing <laughs> Daryl Jones gave it to us, and the wind was so bad. I was like drafting drafting the trucks, and when we go through an underpass, it would like straighten up, and then when we go on the other side, it would like almost flip us over. <laughs> so it was it was it was brutal. But we got it done, and you know I'm I'm uh, lucky to have good friends, you know, back then, and you know that helped me and and uh, traveled with me. I remember, I think it was 2007. I broke my ankle. It was like that Oklahoma deal that Mike Kidd put on and Guthrie, and uh, yeah. I jacked my ankle all up like one of the days out there, shattered it, and I started traveling with you. Uh, we were going to some of the, this is like your championship years and you like, let me travel with you. That was honestly, that's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, so I had crutches and like, I remember going to Lima with you and I like crutched around the track with you. And then we went to red bud and, and watched that oh, and, like, yeah, the, yeah. the whole yeah. week. You're like, I could barely even like stand sitting still. Like my ankle hurts so bad. And you're like, bro, you need to walk on that. Quit being a puss. Like, get on your ankle and walk on. I'm like, Kenny, I can't, dude. I can't do it. Yeah. And because and, I, I was play, I tried to race. I think like it was like the season opener for like the expert twins class. You're like, you're not gonna race unless you walk on it. And uh, yeah. I remember I raced, but like I think I got lapped like th- twice in the main event because it hurt so bad that was joliet uh, right Corey? yeah that joliet, joliet i remember yeah they had a red flag and i um chris carr was helping me and kenny tolbert and uh i couldn't put any weight i literally crutched around the pits to my bike and i can't believe they let me race and like the red flag came out and kenny like was holding the bike and he like let it go on my bad ankle and I like fell oh, over. <laughs> I fell over in the staging line. <laughs> They're like, "Are you all right?" I'm like, "I'm fine. Let's just do this." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got to travel with you a little bit, and if you can put up with me for in the van for uh, <laughs> you know a couple days straight, you're you're in good shape. When we went to Amateur Nationals, I think you were the Grand Marshal. So, oh uh, yeah, yep. Yeah, good times. Yeah, now. no traveling. It, it's it was all it was all fun, and and really it. All, all of the bad and, and and the good made us who we are. You know, Corey, you're you you're a go getter. I'm a go getter. So it just it just makes you stronger and you know makes you uh, makes you actually you know in, enjoy it a little more when it when it's good. Yeah, it's you appreciate it a lot. And mine was kind of the opposite. When I was an amateur, I was a factory rider. Like I used to, we used to go to California. I'd roll in that motorhome. I'd fall asleep. I wouldn't wake the hell up till we got to the border, California border, the agriculture line. Like, it, it yeah. life was easy as an amateur, and then all of a sudden it, it wasn't easy at all. It was like trying to find rides. Yeah. So yeah, you, you you learn to appreciate it when you have those tough years, and you know I think sure. that's cool. That's cool with you. You know you've had the ups and downs, and um, yeah, it, it's just it's been really cool to kind of see how your career has. Um, you didn't just wake up and have a factory ride. You, you had to earn it. So, um, yep. so that was really cool. Uh, over the years, you had a lot of mechanics, man. Uh, man, so many I can't even name them all. Who was the be- who was your favorite mechanic you've worked with over the years? Uh, you know, that's a tough question, but yeah, no, the, he he was grumpy, you know. But uh, Dennis Town, he uh, he was a smart guy. I don't know. Do you, do you remember Dennis? Yeah, I do. Uh-huh. I remember Dennis. Yeah. yeah, he he just uh he he was he was grumpy, but man, he was uh he was on it. He he 
he was on it. It was it was good working with him, and uh, you know he would just pretty much watch what's going on. I didn't even really have to say anything to him, and he would tell me get on and ride that. Like Johnny Goad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somewhat, I guess. Yeah, somewhat. <laughs> you know, Dennis was pretty, pretty uh, low key, and you know, just uh, I, I, I think he's actually from the south, so it's uh, you know, southern old guy that uh, doesn't take no shit. Eddie Atkins, Johnny Go, there's a lot of them. <laughs> those southern old guys. That's what I was going to talk to you about. You wrote, I mean, you know, talk about honorary southern old guys and i say that respect because i lived with a guy for a couple years but eddie atkins i mean that guy was he was he uh, you wrote for eddie eddie was pretty pretty brutal man or he could be at times a great motivator at the same time though he was kind of like to me he was like a drill sergeant like break you down to build you up you know (laughs) (laughs) no for sure yeah you hit the nail on the head right there eddie was uh Man, you didn't know how to take them. And when I did ride for Eddie, too, it, it, it was like walking on eggshells when you got there. It's like you don't want to ask him to move your handlebars or, or anything. He's like, <laughs> so it's like you, you get there and you just kind of sit in your chair. And, man, you, you think to yourself, I, man, I really want to, you know, move my handlebars. But if I ask him, he's going he's gonna to go ape shit. So it's like, <laughs> you know. So, so I just kind of put up with it, and uh, but yeah, he he's another one. It's uh, but uh, yeah, Dennis Allen was uh, was pretty knowledgeable, and I enjoyed working with him. That's that's cool, and, and you know, to just chime in on Eddie real quick. One of Eddie's favorite sayings, at least around me, was the easiest thing to change on a motorcycle is the number plates. <laughs> I, I heard that a couple. I heard that a couple times too. <laughs> Well, you've ridden an RS750, you, you rode the XR750, XG, FTR, Super Tracker, pretty much everything. Did yeah. you ride an 883? I yeah, don't remember. he rode an 883. I remember yeah. a little bit. Okay. I rode it for Pat, rode it for Pat Maroney. I, I forget what year. I think it was like my pro sport year I rode, rode it. And uh, yeah, I did, I did good on the bigger tracks, but on the small tracks, uh, that thing tried to kill me. Yeah. Well, you would low side an 883, and you'd have to piece together the whole entire motorcycle like a puzzle. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I never raced one, thankfully. I I I, I yeah. sat on one when I was younger. My dad had a few of them, and I was like, "Holy shit, this thing's heavy!" <laughs> I, yeah, I, just, I you, can't imagine. Yeah, I didn't miss much. <laughs> um, yeah, as you know, you rode the, the Super Tracker stuff too. What was that bike like? That thing was a, an animal too, but uh, you know I rode rode uh, Dan Dapner's um, um, Suzuki Thousand, and uh, man, that thing was so fast. I remember riding it through the pits, and you know if you hit a bump, you'd about blow your helmet off because like <laughs> it, it would, you know, like you couldn't keep a steady throttle. And uh, the thing was so touchy and so fast, but uh, man, on the bigger tracks, that thing was pretty much un- unstoppable. It was it was amazing to ride. Like at the coin was the funnest, but uh, but yeah, the, those things those things were animals in in their own selves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, those uh, yeah, I, you know, super trackers. I can imagine a place like the coin that would be the place you know 
I would think you would want to ride one for sure uh, versus some of the <laughs> some of the other places. But man, you know, it's like yeah, you you've ridden so many motorcycles, man. Like Corey said, you know, he named off all the twins you rode, but you know, you rode everything from uh, two stroke like two fifty framers, uh, you know, to road taxes. I mean, to the you know four fifties in frames, four uh, fifties, you know, production uh, motocross bikes. You know, uh, I mean, you kind of. I don't know too many guys that have like that kind of variety of motorcycles that you raced. I mean, uh, was there like on a personal level, was there one that you felt most at home at, whether it was a single or a twin or, uh, you know, the XR 750, that thing, that thing, I, I used to love getting on that thing, you know, like Dave Zanotti's bikes, you know, that, that Dave Atherton, uh, prepared just, uh, amazing at, uh, like Hagerstown, so much fun and, uh, the power delivery on it, you know, the FTR is, is similar to, to an XR, but like on steroids kind of, you know, the, the over rev on the FT, FTR is just so much more. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I've had a lot of good opportunities to ride a lot of a lot of brands, a lot of a lot of different bikes, and it's uh, it's pretty cool to uh, look back on it. I, I I didn't even really think about how many uh, until you guys uh, mentioned it, but it, it is pretty cool. Bro, how was it riding a BSA? Was that cool? <laughs> I'm not that old, dude. I'm, Got I'm him. Old. I'm old. I'm old, but. I rode a Mako once. It was it was the worst rode, thing I've ever yeah. did in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I rode a Bull Taco. You know, yeah, so. they're not bad. But this Mako, I rode, <laughs> I literally couldn't hold on to it anymore. It was it, my arms like I feel like SpongeBob, dude. My arms vibrated right off the freaking shoulders. Uh, yeah. What was uh like? Yeah, man, you were so strong your final year. Like you didn't you didn't win the championship, but you were a contender at so many races. What? What was it like to retire, like to make that decision? Was it tough for you to make that decision? And what has the transition been for life after racing? It's something I, I like to touch upon um, along the guys yeah. on the show. Well, yeah, it definitely, you know, it's all I've done all my life. So it was definitely a tough decision, but it was time, you know, with everything changing and, and you know, at me getting older, you know, you had to work extra hard, you know, off the motorcycle. Um, so to, to even be competitive with all you guys. So it's uh, that, that, and, you know, just, uh, it was time. I knew it was time and I, and, I always told myself, you know, you know, when I'm done, I'm done. It's like, you can hold a million dollars in front of me and say, Hey, you want to ride my bike at Springfield? And it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. So I'm, I'm good. I still, you know, ride, you know, quite a bit If when I have time now, it's, uh, I'm busier now than ever, but, uh, I still ride quite a bit. And, um, so, but, uh, it was tough. And, uh, like I told myself, I, I worked pretty hard, you know, my final year to, to be competitive. And, uh, I, I, I made that goal happen. So that was pretty cool. You know, I think I had five podiums, uh, my, my last year of racing. So that was pretty, uh, pretty cool. That is really cool. And, and, uh, you know, to, I guess, you know, with being able to walk away from a, you know, a, a career like you had and look back, I'm going to quote an old racer uh, from the West Coast, mm-hmm. Al, Al Rudy, I guess his, his quote is, uh, it's a lot better to be an old motorcycle racer. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's uh, yeah. right. You know, not, not, not yeah. everybody can say that. So if you could do that yeah. and walk away with a smile, man, that's, that's pretty good. You know, that's the right on thing. Uh, but you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, 
you know, Kenny, you, you've been around. Uh, I know we talked about it. Uh, you've been around such a long time. I'm not trying to bring up your age again, but, <laughs> you know, you've yeah, been around. Yeah, no, all good. Yeah, you've been around a long time, and uh, within the sport, you've seen good things, you, you've seen bad things. Uh, you've been a rider, and now you run your own team. Uh, I know uh, you want to see the best for the sport. So in your own words, uh, what would be some things that could make it better or that you would like to see for the sport? You know, they did take a big jump this 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 year. You know, changing the formats, changing, trying to trying different things, and uh, and in I don't know what direction it is. You know, it's uh, you know time will tell once we get going here. Obviously, everything's so jacked up with everything, so it's going to be hard to hard to tell. But uh, you know, you almost have to step outside the box and uh, you know and 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 do something different just to see if it works because you know we were we were just staying you know level and we'll never know if uh you know something's gonna change if you don't do it so it's uh i know a lot of people are are you know a lot of people that don't like it but hey it's uh i give i give aft props and uh you know stepping outside the box and trying to stuff. yeah well you're working with Sammy Halbert this year. How's that been? And uh, what was your relationship like when you guys raced? I don't remember any Cool Beth Halbert, anything serious, but how was how was that? No, it was all right. You know, he was back back then. Like he was pretty uh, pretty rough rider. You know, a couple times. You know, obviously clean clean me you know, out here and there. But you know, I don't I don't hold grudges. You know, I don't I don't hold grudges or I don't, you know, the next race, if somebody was in front of me, I don't try to take them out. So it's like one of those things, it's like whatever water under the bridge, but, uh, you know, Sam, Sam's, he's a good kid. He, uh, he's really, really focused right now. I know. And, uh, I'm really anxious to, to get going and, uh, see what he's, see what he's, uh, see what he can do. Um, you know, we put a lot of effort into, into this program, um, to, to have the best stuff for him. So, and I know he's been working hard and stuff. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. You know, hopefully, hopefully we have some success. I want to win just as bad as when I was out there myself. So it's, uh, it's one of those things. It's, uh, we, we have the tools. We just all have to put it together for him. So, you know, we're, we're, less than or pretty much a week away from the first AFT national of the year. Uh, what are, what can we expect from uh, your team and Sammy Halbert? Well, I mean, I know you guys are going there to win uh, just like everybody else, but uh, how excited are you to get this season underway finally? I'm super excited. Um, we're actually doing a little – pre-run this weekend in Tampa there's a race in Tampa which is close and so it'll be uh financially good for us to go there and kind of just sort some things out even more and uh we've worked hard on uh suspension packages uh Sam's got some good uh insight on that stuff so um it's good you know we all have to have the same goals and uh and and I think we do we want to win obviously um that's our goal you know, going into, uh, every race for, for me, you know, I think, um, I think if as a rider, if, if you're going to a race and, and don't think that way, you might as well just stay home really. Um, 
you know, it's, it's mentally you have to be, you know, you have to be already, already one. So it's, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, I think Sammy's been working on, you know, he, he doesn't say much right now. Um, I know there's a lot of, uh, a lot of hype with him getting off the, you know, and, uh, you know, so I think, I think it's weighing on him a little more, but, uh, he, he's he's proved himself when he has good equipment he, he can win so and i and i have total faith in him yeah if he doesn't do good dude just kick him off and you ride the bike right i mean it <laughs> yeah. seems like an easy solution I, i'm all set i'm all set he, he can he'll do fine uh, like i said he, he's uh he's pretty focused and uh i think like i said he's not saying much he's just kind of you know rolling with the punches right now and you know hopefully uh Hopefully, when he gets on the bike, it, it that that's what does the talking. Yeah, he's too busy talking shit on me with, on Instagram, making fun of my <laughs> my legs and shit when I ride. Golly, what a friend! Uh, next, uh, our last segment, man. It's high the higher low line. We uh, this or that. Pick one and give us a brief explanation. You kind of touched on it a little bit, but the Harley Davidson XR750 or the Indian FTR750. What are you picking? Uh, the XR750 for sure. Yeah. 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 I, I didn't have enough time on the FTR. You know, I rode it one year and, and, uh, I didn't get to gel as you see, I guess with it as much. Well, to stay along the same somewhat lines as Corey, uh, asked, uh, there with his high low line, uh, I'm going to take it down to stop, take it down a notch. Should I say to, uh, to the singles, uh, what would you rather ride, a 600 uh, Rotax or or a 450? Oh, definitely, definitely a Rotax for sure, for sure. Hands down, Rotax. You can't you can't beat a a good Rotax. It's still uh, I have my uh, Rotax sitting in my office, all redone and stuff. So it's uh, I always have that in one of my XRs. So it's uh, and then uh, you know I do have uh, the championship. Uh, you know, J and M uh, CRF Honda that won my championship in '07 on. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely hands down the uh, the Rotex. Man, I don't know if I like if I I don't know. I, I've always sucked on Rotexes. Like I I don't know what the trick is. I guess <laughs> I don't know. I need to get some. I'm glad they don't have a like. I'm more excited about like the possibility of me racing like an Astro Cup when I'm older than like a Rotex cup, cause the Rotex <laughs> cup, I don't think I'd be able to do very well, but I think the Astro cup, it's got my name on it. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got, a, I got one for you. Stronger competitor. You raced them both. Scott Parker or Chris Carr. Uh, you know, I, I, th- I raised Chris more when I was like coming up through. So I would say Chris Carr, cause I didn't really have, I was still rookie and stuff when before Scotty he, he retired. I rode with him one year before he wrote, retired, so I wasn't even close to him. So I would say Chris Carr just because of that. Yeah, real real fast. I got a follow up on that. What about Chris Carr, or Jared Meese, two guys that you kind of battled with for titles? You know what? I would say Jared Meese. Jared Meese was always the fighter, man. I remember, you know, at um, Virginia that race and. Uh, I don't even know where it was, but man, we went back and forth and he would not 
he would not, I could not shake him. And it was a hell of a race. And I went always sticks in my head and, you know, just everywhere. He's just, uh, he's like a little bull. All right. I got one for you. You know, Ohio's a pretty legendary flat track state. And so who are you picking for Ohio, George Roeder or Steve Moorhead? Um, that's a tough one right there. I, I, I would say George Roeder. That's, that's crazy. Just like, yep. uh, uh, he, as, as it's just a testament to George, like as many nationals as Steve has won, yeah. George Roeder yeah. is like Ohio's guy. Like that is the Ohio yeah. guy, George Roeder. He's holding yeah. the flag. <laughs> I love yeah. it. You have yeah. any good? You yeah. have any good? Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson tells the story of a. Uh, I think it was one year at Lima. Rotor crashed in front of him. Jake was all pumped. All right, cool. He's he's. I'm not gonna have to deal with him anymore. Ten <laughs> laps later, he passes him again. Crashes. Yeah. Uh, any, any good George Rotor stories on the cushions or no? Uh, not really. No, I just it was it was crazy watching him. He was pretty much turned around backwards the whole turn, and it's like how the hell is he looking at the high side? So it's like. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, George was, George was cool because he was just, you know, so down to earth, just a country boy, you know, it's, it's, you know, that's, that's what I'm all about is pretty much their personality and, and stuff. I, I loved it. Yeah. That's why you're, you've always been one of my favorite riders, man. Like as from your rookie year to your factory Harley years, you've treated everybody the same and I'm a big cool best supporter just because of that. Just, you never let, you never let anything get to you and you've always stayed the level-headed dude you are um got a couple more good ones uh two more i think to finish up but i don't know if you've ever i don't think you have worked with either one um but if you had to pick a tuner to go win a national or win a championship i guess i should say are you going with bill warner or kenny tolbert i would say kenny tolbert yeah okay good sammy this is a sammy's got a good one to, to finish off for you <laughs> who would you rather step in the ring with mike tyson or johnny lewis oh man you guys are something <laughs> you know what like i told you guys i don't hold grudges or whatever <laughs> um you know what it's uh it don't matter i already stepped in the ring i guess so <laughs> so it was one of those things i don't i don't regret it at all so um <laughs> It, it's guys, the name of the game, are... man. You, you come on tank slap and you're we're, we're, we're gonna, gonna ask put you on the, the spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I'd pick Johnny Lewis all day. I don't. Have you seen Mike Tyson lately on any of his videos? He's like <laughs> trying to make a comeback right now, and the guy's yeah. vicious. Well, yeah. Anybody that said mm-hmm. they're gonna eat someone's children isn't somebody that I don't want to step in a ring with. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is a, a scary human being. Uh, yeah. No, but I like spicy Kenny Kubeth, man. You're always a mild, mild dude, man. It's uh, getting you fired well, up yeah, is a, just, a very scary thing. It 
that was that was one of those things, you know, it was definitely uncalled for. Um, so and it, you know, it could have hurt a lot of people, you know. So it just it just pissed me off and uh, rubbed me the wrong way. And you know, even it, even if it was you, you, Corey, it's like I would have probably done the same thing. So it's yeah. like it's it's one of those things that uh, you know it, it was definitely uncalled for and, and could have put a lot of a lot of people in jeopardy of getting hurt, you know. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's fun to joke about now. At the time, it yeah, was like, no, no, it is. It's, it's like, oh sure. shit. And like, I, I don't hold, I don't hold any grudges. It's like whatever. I, I talked, I say hey to Johnny and stuff, whatever. But I'm yeah. definitely not going to go, uh, go hang out with him. Yeah, no, understandable. Yeah, yeah, no. I, uh, <laughs> I've, I've had a few beers with you and uh, a few times <laughs> over the years. And you're a pre, you're really strong, dude. I remember being a really young rookie pro and after a few drinks with cool Beth, you run out the door when he starts chasing you like he will drag <laughs> you down the steps he will bang your head off the wall it is uh it, it's cool Beth. somebody he's a sleeper man you don't mess with kenny when he's when he's drinking um yeah that that, that alcohol might get you in trouble <laughs> well dude we appreciate you coming on and talking with us i'm looking forward to seeing you down in florida next week and uh yeah thanks again dude a lot of good stuff we appreciate it all right man have a good night guys all yeah. right we'll see you in florida peace kenny later thanks kenny Kubeth, the kenny king of cool i don't know he doesn't like that nick the <laughs> flying like the... whatever <laughs> Uh, you know, the King of Cool, man, I mean, uh, it's pretty catchy. I mean, it, it, you know, you always, at least I do, always, you know, catch myself say, calling him that just because, damn, it's pretty catchy, but I'm going to have to stop that. I like so. how he waited until he retired to tell us all he didn't like the nickname. <laughs> I know. Like, I mean, but if J.D. Norris gives you a nickname, that's pretty awesome. That guy was one of the most iconic announcers We've ever had. I, I, I really liked the few times I've got to chat with J.B. Norris and Donnie Bargeman and, and all those guys. So any nickname that J, J.B. gives you, that's still pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Hey, you know, talk about like, you know, Donnie Bargeman or J.B. Norris or I mean, there's so many guys. I mean, that uh, it seems like anybody that's been an announcer over the years and, and I'm just going off the top of my brain so that's not saying much but it seems like everybody everybody's pretty cool guy you know from roxy Roxwood, man he was cool and you know uh, scotty dubler all these guys seem really cool so i i guess you just gotta have a cool factor to be an, an announcer which keeps me safe from ever being one <laughs> yeah they've they've all done a really good job shout out to barry boone as well miss that yes. guy he, he was uh one of a kind and jb donnie yeah, I mean, there's some announcers that suck, certainly. But as far as the pro races, we've had some pretty good ones. So that's that's been good. Also, Brad Baker, man, Brad Baker, Chris Carr, those guys, yeah. they, they they were awesome in the booth. So, yeah, it's it's really cool. It's a hard job. It's definitely a hard job. It's something that everyone likes to criticize. But, man, you get your ass in there and try and remember all that shit and, and throughout the day and everything else you got to do. It's not easy. Everyone, it's just the nature of the world we live in. Everyone wants to criticize you know, we're, they uh, announced on, well, they didn't announce it, but they posted on Facebook, social media that the, our flat track races this year, they're, they're timed, which is going to give the fans more laps, you know, almost everywhere. It's more laps, more racing, which is a good thing. And they just, the fans find things to complain about. It's like, oh, well, you keep it traditional. It's like, dude, there's more <laughs> laps. Like, to prepare for live TV, 
having timed races is 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 important. Like it's the same every race. You can set a block for the TV schedule to have that, and you know what you're going to get. So you know it's good for racers too for training. Like we can train for a certain amount of time now rather than you know it used to vary so much from the small tracks to big tracks. Good point, Corey. Good point. Yeah, you know, had time to think of that one. <laughs> it was announced like months ago. So, um, but nah, that was, uh, as always, I, I love talking to Kenny, man. He is honestly, you know, Shayna talks about it a lot, her favorite rider. And he wasn't my favorite growing up. It was more like Chris Carr, Ricky Graham, Kevin Barnes were, were the dudes. But as I turned, and I still love those guys, but as I turned pro, the amount of respect that Kenny as a champion would give me as a rookie pro that never, I, I would never beat Kenny. Um, you know, I, I beat him a few times there as I started, you know, learning the ropes and things like that. But as my rookie year, he took me under his wing and just gave me a lot of respect and a lot of, you know, confidence and just, he was just really cool to me. And that's something I'll never forget. Just, you know, he, 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 I remember one time the, uh, the factory Harley team manager, I was, you know, 17 and Kenny was a, a pro factory Harley rider. And he asked, yeah, what's up with this Corey kid? Is he going to be pretty good? And Kenny's like, oh, yeah, he's going to be real good. And for him to just go to bat for me, like when he didn't have to, was just really cool, man. That's kind of the guy Kenny is. And they don't really make him like that anymore. You know, he's he's one of a kind. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, the one thing is, you know, you see a lot of racers, you know, obviously he's been at the top of the sport and, you know, he's worked his way from, you know, you know, being a guy that's gone to the races with his dad in a van to, you know, having a factory ride and a number one plate. But, you know, when, when guys in the past, you know, that have made it big, you kind of see them go through changes as people. Um, but that's one thing you can say about Kenny Coolbath, man. He's always been the same Kenny Coolbath, whether he was driving to the races in a van or he was pulling up in that factory Harley rig with number one plates. He's always been Kenny Coolbath. And uh, that that's really cool. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about some races we have coming up, Sammy. I know you have a few that you want to touch upon. I'll let you get started on that. Uh, there's a couple good ones coming up. Yeah, yeah, there's a few good ones. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is uh, RTR Motorplex, which um, may be a new name to uh, a lot of you. Uh, RTR Motorplex has taken over uh, a racetrack that you guys might be familiar with, which was known as Mid-America Speedway in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, they're they're going to be putting on their their uh, their first race as RTR Motorplex. It's been taken over by Tyler Roberts. And uh, I've been talking to Tyler, and it sounds like he's done a lot of work to the place. Um, their first race will be July 18th. And uh, it's a fifth-mile oval, just like it always has been. But the his addition to the track is uh, he put in a lot of work, and he, and he built what he calls a national caliber TT track. I, I, it's hard to say how long it is, but lap times are about a minute long. So it sounds like it's fairly sizable. Uh, and they're having, like I said, their first race, July 18th, they're having a short track TT and pit bike races all in one day. So, uh, if you guys are interested in that, you can visit rtrmotorplex.com or you can go to their Facebook, which is RTR motorplex. Uh, or you can get a hold of Tyler Roberts himself at 812-650-2562. Yeah, another one we got coming up, same weekend, kind of similar area, but if you're in Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, Harpster, Ohio, Triangle Motorcycle Club, 
they have a short track in TT there, but the, the the race is coming up on July 18th. They have a short track, and then July 19th, they have a cushion half mile. It's where they had the Amateur Nationals last season. Really nice facility, man. It's a, it's a really nice racetrack. You can find more information on what they have going on at Ohio Flat Track Sports Center on Facebook. Bob Shaw is your point of contact there, 740-360-1827. And I just want to add one thing to that, uh, the Triangle Motorcycle Club there in Harpster, uh, for their short track, they, they spent a lot of money on some new lighting. So uh, that that's that's a big deal, you know, a place to be lit up nice and bright. So uh, they're putting money into the place, trying to make it better, and that's a cool thing. And another cool thing uh, that I'm excited to talk about, this is a California race. They used to race there in the, in the 70s and 80s, and, and uh, it's gone away to car racing, but it's making a comeback is a motorcycle track it's cycle lane speedway it's in chico california it's a sixth mile uh, oval but the cool thing is as a car track it's been a pretty awesome groove real smooth but for the motorcycles they're going uh, mini ascot man they're disking it up dumping water on it and they're going to make it a, a dirt cushion not a pea gravel a dirt cushion and that's that's pretty uh that's pretty sweet there's a video that came out on facebook uh today and i was checking it out looks badass uh they they have um their first race is going to be july 25th and they're going to have a pro purse of three thousand uh, dollars they also have going to have a ton of other classes. You can get more information at cyclelandspeedway.com or you can visit their Facebook page, uh, which is Cycleland Speedway, or you can contact the man in charge who is a former, uh, you know, pro rider himself. His name is Lowell Morrell and his phone number is 530-624-7431. And uh, that looks, man, I wish I was on the West Coast for that because, you know, a, a dirt cushion is pretty sweet. Let's go, bro. Let's go. Oh, amateur nationals. You're gonna be there. I don't. I don't know if I can make amateur nationals this year, man. That's. It's only. It starts right after Volusia for me. So, yeah, it, it's gonna be tough for. Uh, and it's in Plymouth, Indiana, which I don't even. I don't know what is even near Plymouth, Indiana. If there's like hotels or Airbnbs, I'm not really do. I'm not really digging the hotel thing right now. It's just kind of. Eh, you know, I'm more of like an Airbnb guy, but. Yeah, we'll see. I, you know, I, the CTR amateur national team. I just announced who uh, who I was taking, and I'm really excited because I'm gonna have each and every one of the riders. We're gonna have them on Off the Groove podcast with Scotty Dubler. Give them their some of them their first taste of a of a radio interview. So something we we kick off the the team with, and yeah, there's you know if you if you can check out CTR amateur team on on instagram we have a page that we uh announce the riders and post photos and updates and then as well on my uh cory texter racing facebook page i uh i put up uh, the list of riders we were taking this year so i'm i'm really excited that program came together i, I didn't think it was going to happen a couple weeks ago and dude we raised enough money to send eight kids through donations and people bidding and people stepping up and yeah it's 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 so cool that everyone comes behind this program and, and makes it happen so that's cool that's really cool and it's good to you know you take them under their wing and kind of guide them as a professional racer you know i you know at 
going back to the show that we had tonight talking with Kenny and, and, and the amateur nationals and, and you growing up racing, Corey, uh, man, my days were nothing like your guys is I was an idiot. I raced for hot dogs. <laughs> I, swear, <laughs> I had a hot dog sponsor, man. If I won Lodi, uh, he would buy me a hot dog and, and that's all it took to keep me happy. <laughs> so hot dog without the bun, dude, raw, yeah, dude, raw hot guys, dogs for Sam. Guys now are like mini professionals, man. They're, they're, it's insane. It's like, man, they, they do their own marketing. They got Instagrams, you know, they got, uh, they're, 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 they're mini professionals. It's pretty cool. Well, that's like, I told them in the email, I'm like, man, I know like a lot of things you shouldn't do because I've done them things as an amateur. I was that kid. I was, I wasn't the most polished kid. You know, I, I got suspended from the AMA twice when I was yeah. younger. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I've, I sat cool. out almost. All, the whole summer, one of the years, I had to go find outlaw races because I I was a dumbass, <laughs> and I've learned from that. And I I feel like I don't have all the answers, but I definitely have learned from my mistakes. And a lot of it, I write reminders to myself all the time. You know, when when I'm getting I'm in a pinch and I need to focus on on what the right decision is. Uh, you know, so yeah, I it's more more or less just things I've learned through experience that I feel will help these riders get ready for that next level and. And just make amateur racing and flat track, just grow it. I mean, it's it's tough right now. You know, it, it's not quite like it was when I was an amateur. There's a lot more kids, a lot more people doing it, a lot more racetracks. So trying to do my part to do what I can to help it grow. You know, I, I just want it to grow because I, I love the sport. I've been around it since uh, that, the day I was born. So, yeah, it's, it's something near and dear to me, and I'll, I'll keep doing it as long as I can. But, yeah, I appreciate everybody uh, for tuning in again on the show leaving reviews we did get a bad review well we got a one-star review <laughs> there wasn't any comments but um sweet on that i guess but we'll, <laughs> we'll take okay the one uh, yeah yeah one star you, one star come on at least give us two like we appreciate the reviews the likes the follows everything um also shout out our sponsors bell power sports roof systems fredericktown yamaha and frederick maryland fredericktownyamaha.com Appreciate everybody that supports what we do. And this probably is our last show. Like I've mentioned before, Volusia, I'm, I'm going race mode. Uh, I don't I don't get quite as serious as the other guys. Like, I'm definitely dedicated, but I, I do better when I have fun. But I just, with all the traveling I'm doing next week to get down there, and then we have a tire test on Thursday, it's just going to be hard for me to, uh, for, for, for both of us, Sammy as well, to, to, uh, to get it going. Next time I see Sammy, he'll be on the starting line in a, another – another rider's team shirt so yeah man uh, i'll be the opposition <laughs> but uh yeah man we'll be down there in florida probably i'll be glad i'm not in a set of leathers because uh, it's going to be hot and brutal but i know that's what you train for Corey. i know you'll be ready but uh i'm excited man just to finally i mean to go racing uh for real you know uh it, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be pretty cool just to be back in the pits and and for me spinning wrenches and, and uh watching you guys go around do what you do go in circles baby that's what we do turn left repeat i mean <laughs> a lot could happen from now to next weekend you know what do you oh, don't say that man. I'm just, in the We're... back of my mind i'm like you know what Come Thursday night, we're going to get an email while sitting in the hotel in Florida. <laughs> so nah, I, I hope that doesn't happen. No, nah, I think we're good. They've, they've done a really good job at, at preparing for this event. And, yeah, I'm ready, man. Let's get it going. It's been way too long, uh, way too long. So I'm excited. 
again, guys, appreciate all the support. Hit us up, send us a message. We love to chat. Sammy's got a lot of good stuff, a lot of good insight, and yeah, that's all yeah, we well, got. Wrap it up. Evolution. Peace. See ya.